Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Uh, thank you for joining us today, this hour. We've had so many changes. Golly, I expect you've had so many changes in your life this year, haven't you? It's a lot to adjust to all at once. I suppose that really brings back to mind something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and that's the amazing quality of the education that I got. And I am the product of a public school education right through my master's degree in New York City with a little bit of time spent in my very early education in Baltimore, Maryland, and South Beach, Miami Beach, Florida. But from fifth grade onward, I went to school in New York City. And I think, you know, um, I have a degree in education and social science and I don't know who said it but it wasn't me but somebody said that I read or heard about in my academic studies education is what's left after you've forgotten everything you ever learned can I let that sink in for a second education is what's left after you've forgotten everything you ever learned and the most important things that you learn are things that prepare you for the unforeseen, the unexpected, the unknown, places nobody's been before. And I look at trying to evolve in a time when we are hit by a deluge of need for adjustments. And I know for so many who are already walking on thin ice or eggshells that this is an even more difficult time. So I know that much of what I have learned really of things of real value I have gotten from my travels. And I am hoping that you will focus on how to get back on track and not just Amtrak's tracks, but back on track with your life and your travels and not be afraid to risk. Having the courage to risk, which includes having the wisdom and the good solid horse sense not to run out in front of an oncoming truck or sit on a railroad track when a train is approaching. But really to give serious thought to where you are and where you want to be and what you really want from your life. Not the things that you were programmed to want in your life. I spent a lot of time in communities where everybody had designer brains and the designer brands were not in the labels, they were worn 
as a badge of entry. And people lived in communities and bought houses and furnished them according to what was expected by their families and by their neighbors. And maybe that's not where you want to be anymore. And one of the joys I've had traveling is meeting people who woke up early in their lives one day and said, I'm living the life somebody else wanted me to live, but it's not making me happy. And I can't think of a better time in history, in modern history, to reevaluate where you are, what you're doing or not doing, and where you'd really like to be, and get a handle on going to make it happen. Because you've got one chance at this, folks, on this planet. You want to get it right. And one of the ways of being able to learn and evaluate what works for you best, where are you happiest? Where is that happy zone? Where is that happy place? I have a cousin named Jerry. He's quite the character. Long ago, he should have cashed out all his chips, bought a big boat, and set sail. Found in a marina that he liked best and called it home. That would have been the perfect life for him. Sometimes you come to a point where nothing's working the way it should be working in your mind. Which reminds me of something I learned in high school from the chemistry teacher I had who was head of the department, the chemistry department in my high school. Charming man, brilliant man, lecher. Funny, today, he would have been stripped of his credentials and thrown out in the street, and every girl that he ever tried to mess with in his office would have been in line in the principal's office to report him. People didn't do that in those days when I was in school. You just knew, never get caught in his office alone. But there's one thing I did learn to him, from him, it had nothing to do with chemistry, except it came out of my chem lab. Uh, the, some experiment we had to do. And I'm going to tell you what that was that is worthy of wisdom of life right after this. Get motivated by reading the fantastic reviews of Rumors by Stephanie Abrams at Amazon.com. This is the perfect season to snuggle up with a good book. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams. Invite your book club to read it. Well, what came to mind as part of the what's left from your education after you've forgotten everything you ever learned? I have to tell you, I don't know where they are today because we have moved enough times that We've got boxes in the attic that never got unboxed at the next house and just got moved as a box to the following house because who wanted to open it and find out what was inside and then have to tape it up again. But somewhere in my house, there is a box 
that I used to have access to the content of. And in it were papers I couldn't throw away. Among them, calculus exams that I got A's on. That you, you look at all these squiggles and you say, what is that? I have no idea what that means. But I remember, so that's part of my education that I guess did something for me, but Lord knows if I had to sit down and do the slope of something. <laughs> that's all I remember from calculus. Um, I would know what to do with it. But I have a piece of wisdom left that I would like to share with you in these very difficult times. When my however many parts of oxygen and hydrogen had to be put into this weird-looking apparatus in the chem lab so that combines with two parts of this and one part of that, it made water. Only mine didn't do that. And I said to Dr. Hands all over you if you got caught in his office, I put in two parts of this and one part of that and my hydrogen and my oxygen were in the right proportions and it should have made water. And the one really valuable thing he ever said to me was, Stephanie, nothing should be. It either is or it isn't. And right now, with everybody's lives, everybody's lives affected, if not economically, certainly emotionally, maybe physically. This is a time when you have to be thinking about not how your life is, not how your life should be, but how you can make it be. And if there's some place in the world where you have found a happy spot, maybe it's time you picked yourself up and went there. My mother found a place she loved on her honeymoon because she was in Baltimore, all of you listening, in Hagerstown, in Southern Maryland, in Washington, D.C. You'll know what I'm talking about. Because people in Baltimore went to Atlantic City. That was the place to go, in my mother's generation particularly. And so she went to Atlantic City on her honeymoon, and every holiday, every good reason, bad reason, other reason, vacation, whatever, I knew every one of the planks in the boardwalk personally. <laughs> and I'll bet we have listeners listening in Maryland and Washington, D.C. who know exactly what I'm talking about. But that was her happy place. That was her, This and this predates casinos by <laughs> almost a century. But anyway, people... Think about where you've been, where you are truly happy. 
maybe now is the time to start to plan to revisit. Stay with me. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come right back. show travel itineraries with dots on maps i want to do better than that and take you traveling by tv hi this is stephanie abrams join me on sundays on my new show travel tv with stephanie abrams airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m eastern time plan to sit right beside me we'll explore travel for fun business reunions weddings honeymoons families and sports adventures reaching homes in boston new york city miami orlando tampa dallas houston nashville las vegas los angeles and more cities across america our affiliate tv stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog that's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. Where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. 
If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. Fell into this groove. This groove of you got to do it right. You got chances to do things over, but not too many of them. But this just seems like such a good introspective spot to think about where you, what do you love to do? And maybe this is the time to, if not just go for a short break, see if there's a way that you can, you know, become that beachcomber you always wanted to be. It's not a bad idea, and it's certainly the right time. And um, I have to tell you, thinking along these lines the last couple days reminded me of people I have met and people I have stumbled across and people that have made a great impact on my life through my travels. And I, before I go on with that thought, want to remind you, A, you have to read Rumors, my novel. You really owe it to yourself. It is a book that is more relevant today than when I wrote it. It is a story of multiculturalism, of people in a community filled with secrets and lies and conspiracies and tied together with rumors because everybody likes to talk about everybody else, which turns out to be a dangerous thing to do. And I want to remind you that if you're accustomed to going to sabrams.com, Get accustomed to changing the last three letters to net, N-E-T, to sabrams.net, S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot N-E-T. So, you know, one of the amazing things of my life experience is that I have had the opportunity to meet some truly incredible people in my travels. Some of them have achieved fame, and you know their names. And they would include people like Keely Smith from Louis Prima and Keely Smith. And if you're unfamiliar, go Google. But Keely and Louis made famous those songs, Just a Gigolo and Old Black Magic. And she was incredible. I love that woman. And Marvin Hamlish people I had on the air with me. And there are so many more who followed a unique path in life listening to a different drummer. But 150 years ago, I started out on a career path set when I was probably in kindergarten by my family, that I was gonna be a teacher. And I still am, I teach you how to travel. That was the path. 
you're going to be a good student, and you're going to go to college, and you're going to teach. There weren't a whole lot of options, by the way. Teaching, nursing, or be a secretary, there wasn't a whole lot available when I was graduating from school, although I had sorority sisters who became lawyers, so the doors were opening. But in my travels, I had a unique experience. I happened to be listening to a local NPR station a few weeks ago, and BBC News came on, and they mentioned that a musician, he's so much more than a musician. I mean, I hate to even use that word because it isn't broad enough to cover the scope and breadth of this gentleman. A man named Julian Bream passed away. Now, that may, name, may mean nothing to you. But again, go Google the man. And I'm sorry that I, I didn't go hunting for a way to find him, track him down living in England, because I would have loved to have had him on the air. He did many, many performances of Renaissance music, playing lutes and mandolins. And he, long ago, decades and decades ago, produced an album called something like Classical Guitar, simple name. Fabulous music, fabulous. And I'm going to tell you about my Julian Bream connection in my travels. That's going to blow you away right after these important messages. Don't leave me. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture, a UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. 
Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll-free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. So before I pick up on my Julian Bream travel story, which I think, you know, I hope you enjoy this story because I found my life is a series of impossible situations that are far beyond coincidence. I too often feel like I've 
I don't know. Do you ever feel this way? Like you're a puppet with invisible strings? Because it's just too odd that you're in the right place at the right time too often? I know people call that luck. I think it's beyond that. I know there's some kind of destiny or something. The great puppet maker in the sky pulling strings. And what I was telling you about was when I was teaching 100 years ago, I used to play music in the classroom during the period when the kids, and these were fifth and sixth graders, were doing math. Because I wanted it not to be a silent room. Because life is not silent. And one of the skills you have to learn is to zone in when you have massive distractions around you and be able to crowd it all out and focus on what you need to focus on no matter what's going on around you. And these lessons come back to mind now in this challenging, chaotic time when the distractions aren't just somebody's got the TV in the next room on too loud. Everybody is hit with so much, you don't know what to deal with first. So being able to plan, organize, focus, stay on track, and blot out everything that doesn't belong. Like the story of the statue of David. You know that story. It probably never happened. You know, one of those great legends. And someone said to Michelangelo, how did you carve the magnificent statue of David? Which you will find when you go to Italy. And his answer, uh, supposedly, was, I started with this block of marble, and I cut away everything that didn't look like David. Don't you love simplistic answers? <laughs> But really, that's what you have to do. And that's what you have to do in life. You're either building up or you're cutting away to get at what you need to get to. And on that happy note, remember, you have to go to sabrams.net, not .com anymore. Um, we, we had a serious incident and the site went into oblivion. So there's plenty there now, but it's at sabrams.net. So years ago, when I was teaching, I, would, I introduced my students to different music. Beethoven, Brahms, Mozart, Haydn, Ravel, Debussy, Copland, and Julian Bream. And Julian Bream was a modern artist who did a lot of, who played a lot of Renaissance music. He played guitar. He played classical guitar. He played lutes and mandolins and whatnot. And some days I would give them the choice. What did they want to hear in the background while they were doing their math problems? And it was surprising how often 
the majority of the class chose Julian Bream. Okay, let's push that aside. In the 1990s, I took a group of franchisees. I was second in command of a $1.5 billion travel company. And it was a franchise company. We were like the McDonald's of travel. And at the height of the company, we had over 400 agencies in travel agencies in 37 states, 21 countries, and 50 of them inside Walmart supercenters. And for those of you in the travel industry who have been in long enough to remember in the 1980s and, well, it would have been in the 90s that we were franchising units inside Walmart. In the front of the store, they call it the vestibule area, uh, opposite where, against the exterior wall, opposite the, the bank, the big line of cash registers, and they'd have a nail salon and eyeglasses and uh, maybe a hair salon and uh, a local bank and whatever. So we were in 50 of their stores. And for those of you in the travel industry who may remember when you'd read the marketplace at the back of Travel Weekly or Travel Agent magazines, you'd see an ad for having your own, moving your travel agency into a Walmart. That was us. That was me. Hello. <laughs> anyway, that was a wonderful relationship. They were great people to work with. They were amazing. But um, I took a group of franchisees on a familiarization trip to London. And there were about 30 on that trip. Now, there are people in Florida listening to this, and we had about 20 or more agencies in Florida. And John and Laura Unger, if you're listening in Florida, will you get in touch with me? I've been trying to track you down for years. They were on that trip, by the way. And they owned an agency in Tampa. So I wanted to get them outside of London. In London, we went, we did the half-day city tour, which is what you should all do. When you go to a city you haven't been to before, take the half-day city tour. Now, in the last 20 years or more, uh, there are many cities with hop-on, hop-off buses where you, you get like, you buy a, a, a pass and you can get on and off the bus as opposed to you get on the bus, they drive you around, you get off where they let you get off, and you have to get back on when they want you to get back on. So this gives you a lot more independence when you do the hop-on, hop-off bus thing. But we took the half-day city tour. And it ended up at the Tower of London. And I have to tell you a funny story about that. But I'll save that for another time. So... I wanted to get them outside of London. You know, we did all the things you're supposed to do in London. We went to the British Museum. We went to the Tower of London. We did. We visited all the places you're supposed to go to that you don't want to miss. And um, then I took them on an Orient Express experience. Now, you know the movie Murder on the Orient Express. And you can do the Venice Simplon Orient Express trip, it's pricey. And it takes days. 
or you can go just an overnight from London to Paris or Paris to London. And this predates the, ch the channel because today the train would come through the channel through the, uh, from France to England through the, uh, under the English channel. Uh, but in prior years, decades, the train would go from Paris to, I think it was La Havre, could have been Cherbourg, but I think it was La Havre. And they, they then got on a ferry that had tracks on the ferry. So just as they would load cars on the ferry, they would loan, they would load the train that was waiting in France to go to England. And the train would just drive from one set of tracks onto the tracks that were on the train. And then when they would get to Dover or Folkestone, and in the case of the Orient Express, they would they would come in at Folkestone, which is right near Dover, England, in the southern coastline of England. And they would drive off the ferry on the tracks onto the, the tracks on land. And you could buy, and it's probably still out there today, It's a, they have wonderful one-day tours where you get on the train in London, you go places on the Orient Express, and it looks like in the movie, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, if you haven't seen the film, go to Netflix or Amazon Prime or somebody and rent it or buy it. Or Nice film. You'll enjoy it. But it's, you know, fancy parlor car. And you're not going to sleep on it the way they did. Because you're going to get on the train in Dover, uh, Folkestone. And you're going to go to London. So to get to meet the train, you get up early in the morning and you go to a designated hotel where everybody gathers up and it was the Grosvenor House or the Grosvenor Hotel. There are two of, two, two of them named Grover. I always get them mixed up. But it's one of the Grosvenor Hotels they used to use. And you meet all the people there from Orient Express and they pile you onto a luxurious motor coach. And they take you out of London. And this, this motor coach at the back, it had a table with, it looked like the back of a yacht, with a table and, and like a banquette around it. And you could sit and play cards with people or you know, chat, have a drink, whatever. And you'd assemble early, early, early in the morning, like 7 o'clock in the morning. That was the toughest part for me because I'm not a morning person. And they'd have coffee and tea and crumpets, biscuits, which are cookies. Just what you need at 7 o'clock in the morning. And you'd have a little snacky do. And then you'd get on the bus. Heaven forbid you should call it a bus. <laughs> on the motor coach. <laughs> a bus is for commuting. <laughs> but you'd get on the motor coach. Because a motor coach is more luxurious, it's more comfortable, and generally it has a lavatory on board, and you know it's meant for touring and not for just you know going to work or something. And it made its first stop at Hever Castle. Now, Hever Castle was the home of the Bolin family, 
and Jane Bolin was the mistress of Henry VIII, and then later her younger sister, Anne Bolin, married Henry VIII, and her thanks was he sent her to the Tower of London, which if you've already taken the Half-Day City Tour, you visited where they chopped off her head. And um, ghastly, no? Ghastly business. So you visit Hever Castle, and Hever Castle is really, really pretty. And it's nicely done inside because ultimately it was much later in the early 1900s, I want to say, um, bought by the Astra family. And they put some serious money into it upgrading everything and maintaining everything and but it's a charming visit and they've got an adorable gift shop that you don't want to miss either and then you get on the motor coach and you continue through the english countryside you've passed the farm where winston churchill grew up the estate where the churchill family lived and you continue on and on this itinerary i don't know if they're still doing it you went to pinehurst manor where you had lunch. And um, in typical English fashion, uh, poached salmon was what most people selected from a limited menu. And I figured by the time we get home, I could swim upstream. And while we were there having lunch, I needed to make a phone call. And this predates cell phones. And I have to tell you what happened when I went to make that phone call at Pinehurst Manor in England right after these important messages. We'll be right back. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. Rumors. Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion.
Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. Where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll-free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. Okay, well, I'm hoping that if you've missed any part of this hour or today's show, you'll go to sabrams.net, S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot N-E-T, and find the podcasts, which you can download, and the archived audio you can just click and listen to, and the blog, and the photo galleries, and the video, and from my TV shows, and my vlogs, and everything that we've recreated after we were attacked. Oh, such a sad story. There's not enough to deal with right now. Got to deal with this too. Rise to the occasion. Grow another arm like an octopus. 
I plan to come back in my next life as an octopus anyway. I have two arms is definitely not enough. Anyway, I wanted to share with you what happened when I was on this Orient Express day trip that you can take. So if you think you're never going to be able to get on the Orient Express and take it from Paris, you know, the Venice Simplon Orient Express, Paris to Istanbul, or any portion between there, you can take these day trips and you take them from London. They put you on a motor coach. They take you around to some interesting places. They're really worthwhile. It's, lo it's a lovely day. You start really early and like 7 o'clock in the morning, 7.30, something like that. You've got to be at a hotel in London where everybody gathers up. And you get on the motor coach. They take you sightseeing. And then you end up about 3 in the afternoon in Folkestone, which is not far from Dover. Everybody knows Dover. Not everybody knows Folkestone. It's not far from there. It's on the southern coast of England, like in the southeast corner. And you wait for the train to come in from the continent, from France. Now, in the past, when I did it, it was coming on a ferry. Today, it comes through the channel, which is the tunnel that goes underneath the English Channel. And when the train arrives, the people that were on the motor coach tour get on the train. And by the time you get on the train, it's like 3.30, 4 o'clock-ish, something like that. And when you get on the train, it looks like the Orient Express movie, it's like a parlor car. There's more than one. There's lots of parlor cars. And um, you sit in, you've got some assigned seating. And you either have like a little compartment with glass dividers and velvet seats. And you have high tea, which is almost like lunch. But you already had lunch at Pinehurst Castle or a manor or wherever they took you for lunch. And you get on and they serve you little finger sandwiches and little cakes and cookies and called biscuits and you you're on the train it's delightful and you pass through canterbury and other places of scenic value on the train because all the cities grew up along the train tracks and along the waterfronts and you get to london about six in the evening something like that and what i did right across the street from the train station you come into is um a theater and at the time, I had my son with me when I did it. He was 14 and Starlight Express, which was, would not have been my first choice. But we also saw Miss Saigon in London while on that trip. But Star, the, uh, there's a the theater right there. So if you go and buy tickets for the theater, go do your day on the Orient Express, get off. I think it's Victoria Station you come into. Well, whatever station it is where the Orient Express ends up, you're now 6 o'clock. Go grab, you're not really hungry because you just had high tea on the train, but you might want to just, you know, have a cup of coffee or something and then go to the theater. And that is a spectacular day. Very memorable, spectacular day. So I was at the place we had lunch and I had to excuse myself from the 25, 30 people that I was leaving about from my company uh, and the company I worked for. And... I needed to make a phone call to my office. So I had to call my office and I excused myself from lunch and I went to the office in this castle kind of a place. And I heard music in the background when I got to the office. Beautiful, wonderful string music. And I said, what is that? And the woman working there said, oh, um, they're doing a show for BBC about Renaissance music. 
And it's some, I don't know who the woman was. She was some famous British um, opera star is singing and Julian Bream is performing. And I said, my Julian Bream? And she said, well, I don't know if he's your Julian Bream, but it's Julian Bream. And I went, wow, any chance I can get to see him? And she said, no, the whole area is restricted. Even we can't go over there. I said, well, if I write him a note, would you leave it with him or get it to him? And she said, absolutely. I thought that was kind. So she gave me paper. I wrote a note. I gave him my contact information in New York, told him if he's ever in New York, he must contact me, and told him the little story about how his album, it was an LP, classical guitar, was the favorite of my kids. And um, he actually contacted me three months later, and I got to have dinner with Julian Bream. God bless the man. There's a place for him in heaven. Thanks for being with us this hour. Stay with us. This is Stephanie Abrams, and we're flying high. Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. I'm very excited to have you with me this hour because I'm going to introduce you this hour to somebody with whom I have done wonderful business in the past. I have had unbelievable experiences I never would have had were it not for him. Uh, in the travel industry, people, don't think too broadly here. And um, I'm so glad that I had a question that I knew he probably would be the one who would have an answer to it. And so I contacted a fellow I haven't talked with in a few years now. And it's one of the joys of being in the travel industry. Uh, it's an industry that, I don't know, there must have been a time when things were very formal. But even the biggest companies have CEOs and managing directors and people way at the top of every department and, and uh, division. And everybody's on a first name basis. That's just how it is in the travel industry. And there's something, I've always said there is something very special about people in radio. People in radio are amazing. We travel all over the world. If we run into some technical problem, I call the local radio station and I have instant friends who care and help and do and radio people are incredible. But there is something about people in the travel industry and people who are achievers in the travel industry know that they did not get there on their own. Know that there was a network of people who worked with them, who worked for them, who bought from them, who got the, the word out, who helped fix things, who had products and services that enhanced whatever sector of the travel industry they were in. And so it's a huge family worldwide. And even within that, uh, you know well, because I talk about it often, I am a member of SCAL, an organization of leaders in the travel industry globally. And I belong to the Boston Club of SCAL, but scowls all over the world. And, you know, I have a question about a country, a destination, a brand. Um, I know there's going to be a scowl member that has the answer. And there's probably going to be somebody I got into some mischief with in the travel industry who can connect me with somebody, introduce me to somebody, open a door to somebody, get us an answer to a question that you just wouldn't normally be able to get an answer to. And so um, today... Um, I had need for um, an answer to a question that I didn't know 
anybody could answer, but if there was somebody who might be able to, it would be my good friend, John Lample, who for 41 years was a valued employee at British Airways. And I knew him toward the end of his tenure at British Airways when he was the head of public relations and communications for British Airways. And uh, because of knowing him, I had some of the most remarkable experiences that just everybody doesn't get the opportunity to um, enjoy, appreciate, learn from. Incredible. And so um, I want to remind you that uh, we are beefing out our new website domain name, sabrams.net, S-A-B-R-A-M-S.net. And you will find uh, show notes, links to the relevant sites related to our guests, links to um, podcasts and archived audio, photo galleries, and the video gallery of the video that we have produced so far for my nationally syndicated TV show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams. If you have Roku, Sunday nights, five when it's 5 p.m. on the East Coast, so whatever time zone you're in, count forwards or backwards, and find what time it is when it's 5 p.m. Sunday evenings on the East Coast and seek out Biz, B-I-Z, V-O-D, as in video on demand. But the show airs live streaming on over 30 million television households in America. It's archived at biztv.com, and we have now archived it at sabrams.net. So go look for the TV show archive there, and you'll find uh, 23, soon to be 24 episodes, plus my vlogs, which are hilarious. You've got to watch those. So um, all, all of which, by the way, were produced, the vlogs, the video logs, were produced while we were in Northern Ireland uh, and during our corona voyage when we were marooned for five months in Ireland, unable to get home. And if you're going to be stuck someplace, I highly rec recommend Ireland and Northern Ireland. The whole island that is Ireland is a place to get stuck. Fabulous. Loved every minute of it. Can't wait to go back. So I'm going to take you off to visit with my very good friend who has always stepped up to the plate. Even his wife has stepped up to the plate when I had a problem and called his house. <laughs> And once woke her very early in the morning because I was in France and she was in New York where it was much earlier. <laughs> We're going to go off and talk with John Lample right after this. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture. A UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. Well, we are back in the U.S. and we are broadcasting from home, certainly we broadcast from all over the world, so broadcasting from home is not such a big deal, but it's very different from being in the studio. I am, if, you're, if you've been a listener for some time, in Ireland, I was in the kitchen, and that was, that was my broadcast studio, and my husband was in the dining room doing the production. 
So he was the control room. Now he's in the area beside our morning room, a place we like to have breakfast in our house. And I'm in our bedroom, and there's a spider on the ceiling. So if I scream at any time, if it decides to make a web around me, you'll know why. <laughs> they tell me they eat mosquitoes, so, you know, I don't want to kill it. I just want it to be somewhere else on the line with me in my spider trauma <laughs> is John Lample, now retired, but I'm going to guess as busy as he's always been in his life. I can't imagine him retired and idle. But John, uh, if you're just joining us now, um, worked at British Airways for over 41 years. And um, when I met John, he was the head of PR and communications for um, British Airways. And he pointed me in all the right directions to learn so many things I never would know about were it not for him. So thank you so much for joining us today, John. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm here in Miami enjoying South Florida and enjoying retirement. But, you know, I, I always said I retired from British Airways, but from nothing else. And I've kept my sort of networking apparatus going with, with all my travel writing and broadcasting friends such as yourself. And uh, we just keep going. And my wife and I keep traveling as best we can. We're in a little bit of a doldrum right now because of the pandemic. But as soon as the virus is contained and there's a proper vaccination for everybody, we'll be we'll be on the road or on the ship or on the train or in the airplanes as soon as possible. Now, you actually had a little interface with this COVID business, no? I did indeed. I uh, somehow contracted the, the virus on a quick trip to New York in very early March. And when I returned to Miami a few days later, I wasn't feeling very well went to the hospital and they told me I had pneumonia. So it wound up that I was hospitalized for five weeks and two and a half weeks of that period I was intubated. I was in an induced coma, but uh, I came out of it okay and I feel great at playing tennis and uh, back back to the old self. So just looking forward to being get, being able to get on a plane and traveling to our favorite spots around the world. Are there any words of wisdom you'd like to share with my audience to A, help them stay healthy and avoid this ghastly illness, and B, anything else you think we ought to know related to it? Well, I think the, the, the obvious is the social distancing, as well as whenever you go outside your home, or your apartment house, or your condominium, you want, you must wear a mask. It's uh, I've I've seen it in, in certain I've just from news reports that how many people in the United States and and other countries don't do it. And uh, I'm I'm very weary of the whole thing. I certainly am hopeful that uh, they can contain this as soon as possible. I personally don't want to get uh, reinfected again. So I'm very very uh, careful and, and where we go and what we do. We don't, uh, here in South Florida, they do not allow any in, in-house in dining yet. That may change in the next couple of weeks. It depends on the local government authority. But uh, at, the, at the present time, we, we've gone to a couple of restaurants, 
but outdoors where they've placed the tables at least six feet or two meters apart and it's worked very well and uh, I just hope that uh, sooner rather than later the whole thing can be ended and a proper medication vaccine can be uh, given to everybody. Yeah, we can only hope and pray, but I have to tell you, about, I'm going to say mid-July, maybe a little bit before mid-July, um, some town around the Fort Lauderdale area opened up, and a very good childhood friend of mine sent me a photograph, of, and actually it was a link to a video of the mayor of their town uh, in a restaurant, and he, uh, he was in a restaurant, and um, nobody was wearing masks. They had masks, but they were around their necks, and they were in some restaurant because everything had just reopened, but I think it's reclosed. Uh, it's, it's really a scary story. Um, so I want to thank you for sharing that. That induced coma scares the stuffings out of me. I'm glad you're back among the, the, the living and not the zombie-like. This is wonderful to know that you came through this well. And I want you to stay healthy. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back talking with John Lample. We're going to take you some places virtually by radio that you need to know about. Don't leave me. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. Where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. 
Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands. But dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors, Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me, if you're just joining us, is John Lample. And John is um, quite a goldmine of insider serious travel information and was the fellow who headed up for British Airways, their PR. Um, did you do that for globally or was that uh, for uh, the Americas or the or U.S. or North America, John? In, in my last position, I was vice president of corporate communications for all the Americas, which was North America, Central America, and South America. And uh, it was it was such a fortunate position because I got to travel both to Canada and to various countries in South America where British Airways flew. And uh, I will never, ever thank British Airways enough for the opportunity that I had to be able to go with journalists and for work, travel all, all around the world. And then, you know, for vacation, I was also able to travel to other places. And I still have a bucket list of various destinations that I want to go and really can't wait until the airline industry is back on its feet and able to provide air service to countries from the United States. As a person who dealt in press releases, news releases, educating media, um, do you have a sense of relief that you don't have to be in that job right now? Well, I've, I've seen some of my friends who are uh, in the PR industry and are working feverishly in crisis communications. But 
the sad thing about this, it's just not a one-off event. It's, it's dragging for months and months and months. And nobody really knows when the vaccine will be produced, when it will be, when, when the, the general population of this country will be able to be inoculated and vaccinated against the coronavirus. And then once that is applied, the, the industry will start to develop and evolve and get back to where it's, uh, it normally was a year ago. But I think that will take a long time. A lot of hotels, destinations, airlines, cruise companies. They're getting will, slammed. It, it will take time. You know, everybody hopes it will happen, let's say, in the first part of 2021. But uh, I, was, uh, I was booked on a Cunard cruise on the Queen Mary to Cape Town from London in, in January, and that's been already canceled. Here we are still the last day of August. And uh, so we're going to try and rebook that sometime in 2021. But uh, there is no finite date when this is all going to be over. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, by the end of the year and early next year and spring next year, the, the industry will start to revive and get going again. But until that happens, we're just having to, you know, shelter in place as best as possible. I'm extremely lucky that I'm down here in Miami, I could be in a lot worse places than that, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of space down here, and, and uh, so we, we keep our distance, but um, although we're getting on the, we haven't had any hurricanes yet to speak of in the South Florida, Miami-Dade area, but and we hope it doesn't happen Yeah, the all. last one hit more westward of you in the Gulf. Yeah, the last, yeah, yeah. that was in the Gulf. Yeah. But. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful place to be, and we we still st see cruise ships coming to the from our vantage point. We can see some cruise ships coming into the port of Miami, and they just uh, bunker fuel in and take provisions on for the remaining crews on board and go back to the Atlantic uh, between Florida and the Bahamas. So um, they're just and they're just idling. We have friends that are with both Cunard and with Princess Cruise Line. And uh, they're just they're just idling now. They they don't know when they'll really start operations again. Although Princess did put out a press release saying that I think all their cruising is now on hold until the end of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And a few weeks ago, uh, it's now a couple months ago, I had on Chip Rogers, who's the CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. And no sooner did I have him on the air, it wasn't even uh, three four days later. They issued a press release that said that 80% of hotels in the United States are facing financial catastrophe. Now, you look at destinations. If hotels and resorts in a particular destination can't make it, you know what a ghost town looks like boarded up? You know, that's the problem with the recovery. If, the, if getting slammed so hard that you're not there to reopen. Uh, you know, that's going to be a big problem for us. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole world is, is, is suffering tremendously because of that. I have a hotel client in Portugal. Uh, it's called Farol. It's a very luxurious five-star. Um, in fact, I know that property. We're going to take a quick commercial break.
portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture, a UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. 
In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Rumors. Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at SABRAMS.com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is John Lample, expert on so much in the travel industry, uh, deep insider in the airline industry, especially you can imagine how much he knows from his experiences working 41 years uh, at executive levels in British Airways. Uh, and now, um, bon vivant, man about the globe, having just come and, through. Yeah, I try and think that. That's a good description. <laughs> uh, after having come through a serious bout of the coronavirus that he either got in Miami, got on the flight to New York from Miami, or got in New York or the way back. But somewhere in that little trip to New York, um he became seriously ill to the point that, you know, I've, I haven't heard a story about anyone who had was in such bad shape that they induced a coma. Those words strike fear into my heart. And that's really scary. I'm so glad you came out of this, you know, with, with all your faculties there, John. Me too. I yeah, I would imagine. You. I would imagine. And well, uh, my, my, my heart my goes wife, out to your wife my, who had to deal with all of that. My wife was a true angel because she mobilized an army of family and friends and prayed for me and people thought about me and, uh, and people from all over the world. And I have nothing but tremendous gratitude and thanks for everybody that, that helped me along. And uh, Well, if anybody too, can I'm, do it, she could do it because oh, I know... She's a, she's a might. I know what your job was and I know how often I would call your New York number only to find that you were somewhere else on the planet because British Airways routes were vast. They still continue to be vast. And um, I'll just share with my audience just quickly why I am forever uh, indebted to uh, John's wife. Uh, we were in Nice Airport, and we were flying with British Airways to London to that wonderful Terminal 5 to... Uh, connect to a flight home and um, uh, the people that were working at the airport which is the case in many 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 destinations you go up to check in for a flight and they're wearing the uniform of the carrier you're flying but as soon as they fit they check in the last passenger they go to their locker rooms they put on 
the uniform of some other airline and they go to their desk because they are least employees from the airline. And too often I have met people in foreign destinations of a carrier that I'm flying where I'm de- I know I'm dealing with a least employee. And the least employees, I'm sorry to say, often don't feel the same passion and caring that a direct employee of that airline feels. So, hey, you know, you don't like it, lump it. I wouldn't have gotten that attitude from a a true British Airways employee. And they didn't want to give me my seats. (laughs) These people were harassing me. And it was a one o'clock flight, so it was 11 in the morning that we were dealing with these people who were telling me I'm not getting my seats on this flight and I I had a connection. I mean, it's one thing to take the next plane, but if you take the next plane, you miss your transatlantic connection. This is not a good thing. And um, so I called John's number at his home and his wife answered. Now, when you're in Nice, France at 11 o'clock in the morning, it's 5 a.m. in New York City. (laughs) And I woke this woman up. And I have to tell you, I had never spoken to her before, but she knew of me. And um, I explained who I was and the problem I was having. And at first, I hear, you know, she was groggy. I woke her up. (laughs) And she was so lovely, John. I will remember her always. She so endeared herself to me. And she said, don't worry about it. I will call John. He's in Singapore. (laughs) And you wait 30 minutes and you go back there. So I followed her instructions. And when I came back, they treated me like I was the Queen of England. <laughs> so I know your wife knows how to get things done. <laughs> she does indeed. Bless her heart. But, you know, you two are a fabulous pair. So yeah, um, I'm, I called you initially about something that I don't even know if you were able to find an answer to. I have heard this story going back to the late 1970s, early 80s, that has come to my attention may not have been a real story. And that it might have been one of those urban legends with no basis in reality. And that was got, got me to call you yesterday and say, well, you know, come on the air with me. Let's talk anyway, because there's plenty to talk about. But I just wondered if you had any feedback on this story which was attributed to United having wanting to get more people to fly United for business. And in order to endear United to its corporate travelers, it sent out a letter, because this predates email, to each of their past corporate flyers offering them the opportunity to take their spouse free to Hawaii on their next trip to Hawaii. And they generated a lot of business. They suddenly had a lot more corporate travelers 
who have been corporate travelers to all kinds of destinations, booking trips for themselves and their spouse. And this was in the days when you could have put anybody's name on a reservation, anybody's name on a ticket, nobody looked for ID, and you could have said you were traveling with Santa Claus and nobody would have cared. So a lot of people went, took advantage of this promotion. Free ticket for the companion. And a few months later, some genius in the marketing department, it is told, thought it would be a good idea to get some feedback from what was, for the most part, wives as to how was their trip to Hawaii and then use those quotes in their marketing promotion. So now they sent letters addressed to Mrs. Somebody because at that time period, the business traveler would have been a guy and the companion, the companion would have been a wife, spouse, whoever, would have been a woman. And they began to get calls at United Corporate Headquarters because the letter asked, how was your, you know, give us feedback on your trip to Hawaii. Did you enjoy this? Did you enjoy that? And they were basically getting calls asking, what trip to Hawaii? So... In essence, this, as the story goes, these fellows were taking their secretary, their girlfriend, their mistress, their whoever, and um, telling the wife they were off to Timbuktu on a business trip. Now, it turns out that that story may just be an urban legend never really happened. Do you know anything about that? Or somebody, at, at, uh, you know, a fellow like you, who I hate to label old-timer, but it would have to be somebody who was alive and active at United in the 1980s or 70s? No, I, I, I don't know. I, do, I don't know. But I have a very good friend who actually lives in Honolulu and who has been a very active public relations. She has her own public relations agency based in Honolulu, and she, would, she might very well know. So I can certainly research that and come back to you. Wouldn't be dumb to put us together. Would probably be a good idea if we spoke to each other at some point too, because I'm sure, sure. that uh, if she has a PR firm in Hawaii, her clients are um, in Hawaii, and they've got to be suffering too, because that's not a destination anybody on the mainland is going to be driving to anytime soon. And um, even in a place like Oahu, which has more population. Um, that per capita kind of, you know, more crowded space in terms of people who live there who might be going out for dinner, who might be having a birthday and take over a part of a hotel to do it. Um, you're not going to pick up drive market traffic because there is none. So, you know, that's they have to be suffering some. And they had, you know, the big island of Hawaii just in the last couple of years was starting to recover from the business with the volcano and the volcanic ash and the lava and all that business. So they've really had their problems. It's, you know, that everybody wonders why any of us who are in the travel industry stay here. We are subject to economics, politics, weather conditions, natural disasters, uh, disasters caused by people. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Do you have any wisdom in that regard? What do you think about, John, when you think about those things? Or do you do your best I, not to? I, I dream about those places that I'm going to go. I have various places on my bucket list that I've never been to yet, such as Antarctica, New Zealand, French Polynesia. And I'm going to get there eventually. 
And I don't think about uh, what's happened in the past. There's, as you said, you know, there are a lot of natural disasters. There have been uh, incidents, accidents. Uh, you know, war has has interfered with travel on on occasions. More than one but, volcano uh, in Iceland. There was, a, there was the Icelandic volcano. Yes, in yeah, and then you had a very involved, very involved in that. But um, we just have to look forward and. You know, we'll get past this eventually. It may take a little longer than than previous incidents or, or previous historical occurrences, but uh, we'll get past it. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite places in the world now is the Italian Riviera, just southeast of Decaro. And we there, you know, Europe is starting to open up. My uh, one of a hotel which I represent is in Cascais, uh, Portugal, which is a resort town west of Lisbon. It is a five-star luxury hotel, very small, built, built. It was an old palace, but they're starting to do, they, op- they reopened on the 7th of August. Now, the problem is that most of their marketing right now is aimed towards the other various countries in Europe, France, Italy, Germany, the UK, and because they know the, UK, the the travelers from the U.S. get over to Europe, and most European countries aren't permitting Americans to come in. But yeah, right now, our passport eventually. is pretty much worthless. Say again? Right now, our passport is pretty much worthless. That'll well, change, but for the moment, yes. nobody wants us. I, I Can you blame yeah. them? No, we can't blame them, but at the same time, uh, we're just, you know, this too shall pass. Well, you know, and if you wanted be- to go to Ireland... You know, it's typical of the Irish to be incredibly warm and welcoming and hospitable. And so we are not, as we are in many countries, banned. We are not banned from going to Ireland. But they have, in a kind of ad hoc fashion, banned us because... Anybody arriving from any destination that's got a problem and we are seen as a problem has to self-quarantine for 14 days. Now, unless you're going back to school or you're undertaking a three to six month project uh, for work in Ireland or you're, you know, on an extended holiday of some length, most Americans only go away for a week, 10 days, 12 days, 14 days. So who's going to go and just spend the whole time in your hotel room? That's just not going to happen. So, in effect, has made it a ban. Yeah, this this year we will see a lot of domestic travel within the United States. I have very good friends in Vancouver. I can't go there either. Canada won't permit Americans to come over the border. But I think you'll see a big spike upwards in domestic travel. Well, that's what you know. That's what we're looking at because we we will be doing. Purchasing and leasing of, you know, RV, recreational vehicles and trailers, and that that's going right. up because people will take the opportunity. Right, and to we go to will the be parks. We will be talking more and more about stay and play USA. That's my new theme, and I need to talk with you about that when we go off the air later. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't leave me. This is Stephanie Abrams talking with John Lample. We're going to talk about Portugal next. Don't go away.
Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, 
about Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. I have John Lample, good friend, serious travel professional, on the line with me. Uh, remember, you can go to sabrams.net, s-a-b-r-a-m-s.net. You'll find our show notes, archived audio, links to the relevant websites associated with our guests, photo galleries, um, uh, our video of all commercial free of my TV show, um, all that good stuff. But um, I had a fellow on uh, about a month ago, uh, John, from their website is internationalliving.com. They produce a magazine called International Living, have been for, I don't know, several decades, I'm going to guess. Um, are you familiar with them? Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, mostly they're aimed at people who want to uh, either retire in another country or they want to live for a serious amount of time, maybe three, six months, a year or more uh, in one or more other countries. And they lay out all of the pros and cons and things you should know about and, you know, what the cost of living and the standard of living is and uh, tips and all that good stuff. So they recently put out, they do it on a rotating basis. They're always sending me emails with um, more information on destinations they believe to be top destinations. And about a month ago, I got one of those uh, PR releases and uh, I had the, the senior editor on the air with me to talk about it. So the five countries that they were focused on were, um, and I think they were in this order, um, Costa Rica, Belize, Ireland, Portugal, and Uruguay. So, you know, when I had him on the air, I said the first three appealed to me um, primarily beginning with most people speak English, whereas Paraguay and Portugal, um, Spanish would be a big help, and Portugal, Portuguese would be a bigger help. And those, I speak French fluently, but Portuguese sounds like a mixture of Russian and some Slavic language. It doesn't sound to me that it's a Latin-based language, although it is. And it is I have a lot of, I mean, because I, I can listen to somebody speak Spanish and pretty much know what they're saying because I know enough French to figure out some of it, maybe 60% of it. With Portuguese, 
Not a clue. And so you told me that not only do you represent a hotel in Portugal, but you also have a home in Portugal. What is it like living in Portugal from an American? Do you speak Spanish? Do you speak Portuguese? Is it a hindrance not to? Well, I, 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 I'm about 80% fluent in Spanish because I took Spanish starting in junior high school and high school at university and throughout my business career. I was very lucky and traveled to South America and Mexico on numerous occasions to Spain, so I kept my Spanish up. And my wife is Cuban, although we don't speak Spanish too often. She does. She she yells at me in English and not in Spanish. But at any <laughs> Go way, her. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, um, Portuguese is, and and in, you know, there's the Brazilian Portuguese and the Portuguese from, when you're in Portugal. Right. And it's a little bit different. But if you're fluent in Spanish, if you're fluent in Italian, and even French, Portuguese is pretty easily understandable um i can't get my ears to different tune sounds in. and obviously different different dialects and different sounds yeah. but uh, for somebody for example my wife speaks obviously spanish was her first language because she was born in cuba but uh, she gets along very well in portuguese in portugal as well as italy she speaks italian very well just from picking it up because of her knowledge of spanish but Portuguese, Portugal is one of these countries, it's a small country, you know, sort of in the Iberian Peninsula, it's, it's been tagged Spain, little sister. But Portugal has come into the spotlight in the last dozen Absolutely. years. It's, the infrastructure is, is modern, uh, highways, the destinations, the hotel. Oh, it's a beautiful place. They're, building, they're redoing the airport, it's, it's uh, a brand new airport. The particular little town that uh, we represent, or, or where the hotel is, is called Cascais, and it's about a 30-minute drive west of Lisbon. And I can equate it to, it's sort of, the, if you're familiar with New York, it's like the Hamptons of Lisbon, or the Malibu of Lisbon. Well, it's a and beautiful it's country, the, country. the people coast. are lovely, the food is fabulous, the right. you've got and history very, and architecture and, um, and all kinds of creative stuff. Compared to the rest of Europe, it's very inexpensive. Well, on that happy note, we're going to thank you for that recommendation. We're flying high. Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. It is indeed an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege to have you listening today. It is a turbulent time. You know, a week or two ago, I had on a fellow who's, he's been the CEO of at least half a dozen or more airlines. He's an expert at getting airlines out of trouble. Um... He, Aloha Airlines was one of the airlines that he was CEO of. And uh, it was a joy for me to learn that he was the CEO of Pan Am. Uh, during a period when I would have been very closely working with Pan Am, um, which was a preferred supplier to the company that I was second in command of, a $1.5 billion travel company, <clears throat> which dramatically changed and morphed into something unidentifiable as compared to 
what it was for the 16 years I worked there. During that 16-year period, uh, I represented our company and our, at that time, would have been close to 400 travel agencies in the U.S. and abroad. 350 were in the U.S. and uh, 50 were inside Walmart supercenters, and we were in 21 countries. And an organization that everybody knew, everybody in the industry knew they needed to be a member of, was then called ASTA, is still called ASTA, but the last word, the letter for the last word has changed with good reason, and it really makes sense that it changed. When I was a member of ASTA's Council of Travel Marketing Organizations, uh, referred to as ACTMO, the last letter A of ASTA was for agents. So it was the American Society of Travel Agents. And you know, it really makes sense that the name changed to the American Society of Travel Advisors because when I came into the industry and I came in through a side door as an outside agent, became an inside agent, and then realized if I'm going to grow, I either have to manage an agency or I have to own an agency. And I really didn't want to do either one of those things. And that's when I moved into tour operators and wholesalers and ultimately into a leading franchise company of travel agencies that I helped propel growth from 28 agencies when I w joined the company to over 400 when the towers came down and things changed dramatically and I was suddenly no longer there. But being the, in the midst of the middle of the 90s, when airlines decided that why do they need to pay commissions to travel agents and agencies when they could do the work? And then they found out, hey, there's a lot of work to do here dealing with a customer. <laughs> it's not the same as dealing with an agent who's professional. In the days before making reservations online, when an agent would take about three to four minutes to make a reservation for a client and would call back generally once between the time the reservation was made and when the client traveled, and that additional phone call would take about two minutes. They learned in their greed to take and keep the commissions that the first call with a consumer took about 20 minutes and the consumer would call back six to 10 times each time for four to 10 minutes. <laughs> so that's when they started instituting service fees because, you know, why should they be working and not get paid for it, which is what travel agents said all along. Hello, people. <laughs> we are your sales arm. You need to take good care of us. So much has changed. And when when many of the, just from my point of view, and I don't know what the real answer is going to be, so I'm going to ask our guest. But when, as the relationship between on the commissioned level of agents to businesses, companies in the travel industry, suppliers in the travel industry evolved and changed. It really doesn't make sense to call the people who plan trips and follow through on every detail and take 
fastidious care of their traveling clients, agents, because they're really not agents anymore. They're, they're really advisors to the client. It's a much better descriptive. And whether that's the reason and rationale and ask this thinking or not, you know, from my point of view, that's how I see it. And I think it makes all the sense in the world. And so with so much going on at the moment, so much closed, so much completely shut down, so much is opening now, reopening, and it's a topsy-turvy time of we have to do this, we have to do it right because underneath everything, if you eliminate travel from it, no matter what the subject area, you eliminate travel from it and you have shut down another industry. And now more than ever, not only is the, the last statistic I saw, it may be a little off base at this point, but for years, it, the, the numbers were one out of every nine people on the planet were employed in travel, tourism, and hospitality. Um, I have had people say to me, how, how can you talk so many hours every weekend about travel? It's like, it's still enough to, not enough time. The, what goes on in the travel industry, if somebody sneezes in California and it's related to travel, it will have an impact not only on the East Coast of the U.S., but in Asia, in Africa, in, in Europe. You're going to feel it all over the world. And so this is among the very super-duper most important industries that there are. And I think everybody who didn't understand the relationship before of the travel industry on everything else in their lives had no choice but to have it shoved into their face with this corona business. And we are still on our corona voyage, a term I invented that you're welcome to use. Just give me credit for it somewhere down the line. And we are marooned, if you're listening for the first time, in a place we've chosen to be I hate to use the word stuck because I feel anything but stuck. We can't get home, but I'm so happy where we are. In County Antrim in Northern Ireland, in Corner Cottage, in Cairn Castle, Bally Galley. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you? It's like being in Brigadoon. Wonderful place. And as soon as this iron curtain of illness is lifted, you need to beat a path to Ireland and particularly to Northern Ireland. There is so much of value here. Uh, completely amazing. Go to sabrams.com. As soon as you get to the, the homepage, you will see a mini site for Ireland. Put the word Ireland or Northern Ireland into the search box and you will get links to the archived audio of everybody we've ever spoken to over the last 18 years we've been on the air. And we're going to start our 19th year the first Sunday in July. So... There's a powerhouse of material and information on any destination you're interested in. And you need to keep that interest alive. And we're going to be talking with Zane Kirby, who's the president and CEO 
of ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors, right after this. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture. A UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. I am delighted to have on the line with me live from the Middle Atlantic States, from Virginia, where uh, Asta is based. Why did I always think Asta was based in Washington, D.C., Zane Kirby? <laughs> well, hey, Stephanie, it's great to, have, great to be on. Thanks for having me. And we're just across the river. I guess the rents are a little lower in Alexandria, and as a nonprofit trade association, we try to watch our pennies. So we're, we're in very close proximity. A lot of our work is is with Congress and representing our members' interests to uh, the lawmakers and regulation, regulators in Washington. So uh, we're right across the bridge. Yeah. I mean, that's an important function that people don't even think about because ASTA has many arms, um, more than an octopus, in terms of um, the various functions and roles that it serves to keep travel advisors and members who are in other capacity because um, there are lots of individuals who represent companies that are allied or associated with the travel industry, but they're not travel advisors, uh, who are members of ASTA. And so, you know, we always leaned, every one of the new travel agencies that we opened in the 16 years, I was second in command of a company that grew from 200 million to a billion and a half um, in terms of uh, travel dollar uh, volume. Um, we would make sure that every new owner of the agency, the manager, the agents who worked there were all ASTA members and would, you know, encourage them to show up at ASTA local, regional, national, and international meetings because they were wonderful pipelines uh, for educational and informational experiences to really be able, not only on the destinations and the suppliers who would be there, but you know, attending seminars and um, other kinds of programs, workshops, to keep on top of what's going on in the industry. I don't know how to, I mean, it's wonderful that we have the internet. You probably have to do, you know, 96 hours of reading a day <laughs> in order to keep up with what's going on in the industry. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't leave me. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, 
reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's S-A-B-R-A-M-S dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. Where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is Zane Kirby. He is the president and CEO of the American Society of Travel Advisors. 
And um, this is a, a foundational kind of organization that for those of you who are home-based travel advisors or you work for or with an agency somewhere uh, or you own or manage an agency, well, chances are good if you own or manage an agency, you're probably already a member of ASTA. But if you're not and you're listening, you're missing the boat. You really need to be a member. And you need to be a member because for the same reason, you probably belong to a consortium or some other large group that wields some power. So when you need something, it's not just you, a candle in the dark, asking yourself. It's your organization going on your behalf. That's why you need ASTA because it is the accumulation of all those little minnows swimming together in the formation of a big whale. <laughs> and that gives the power to be able to lobby with Congress for things that the industry needs and to explain things that they think are good creative ideas that the last thing the industry needs. <laughs> and that happens all the time too. So what are the things that are on your desk at the moment? What are your biggest challenges right now, Zane? Well, Stephanie, uh, the, the landscape here at ASTA is, uh, as you can imagine, that with, with travel so unbelievably uh, depressed right now, uh, the main thing that we're trying to do is, is to continue some of the relief programs that have been um, authorized by Congress in the COVID, COVID 3.5, and, and now that the, the Senate just passed another another payroll protection program modification. So we're, we're, we're trying to get our members as much relief as humanly possible um, because as travel-reliant businesses, as you know, um, our people get paid when people go on the road. And that is just, uh, it's, while we're st starting to see some green shoots right now, which is good, and a lot of travel being planned for the fourth quarter this year and a lot of travel being planned for, for Q1 and Q2 of 2021, um, it's, still, uh, it's still kind of a... a, a a challenging environment. So that's the first. That's the first goal that we have is to, to continue to find relief for our members. The second goal is, is you know, we've been we've been uh, tasked with with uh, helping Secretary Wilbur Ross to to uh, figure out the steps that we need to take in order to restore confidence in travel. And so those are the those are some of the other uh, initiatives that we're working on now. We really we petitioned the CDC and the and the administration for clear direction as to what kinds of things that people need to do in order to keep themselves safe as they travel and what kinds of things that travel suppliers need to do, whether it be a change in operational procedures or cleanliness procedures that, that in order to, uh, again, restore confidence in travel and make sure people are safe when they're out there, out there doing it. Because the issue is, the issue isn't travel, travel, and I've, I've, you know, hear and read a lot of things and even there's some voices uh, outside of our industry and some voices even inside our industry that blame travel for the spread of the virus. Now, travel does not spread the virus. Breathing spreads the virus. And breathing in close proximity to another person is what actually spreads the virus. So if we can get those kinds of things right, where whether through a series of masks and or social distancing and, uh, uh, and maybe perhaps other measures that, that, that will be outlined by the CDC, then I think we can get more and more people comfortable with the idea of traveling again. Yeah, you know, um, there are some things that need to be addressed. And 
I, I, it's not my job to throw on your desk more things that I think you want to be doing. But <laughs> given your own skill set, your background, your level of achievement and competency, and the organization that is the foundation of this industry, um, there's something that's on my mind that, I, you know, I, I'm off in my own little corner of Northern Ireland where you wouldn't know there's a problem in the world. Um, thank God life is good here. And the cows and the chickens and the lamb uh, and the little piggies and all the fruit and vegetables that are grown here, all the creamery items that are produced here. Um, you know, there's no problem with food or anything else. Um, you know, life goes on normally and it's, it's like sitting out in a tropical island somewhere when, you know, during World War II, there was misery in the Pacific, and yet there were tropical islands in the Caribbean that were unaffected by it, you know? And so, and that's how I kind of feel isolated in that way. So um, I need to talk with you about something I would like to see happen sooner rather than later. We're gonna do that right after these commercial messages. Pay attention, people, we'll be right back. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture. A UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. Your U.S. passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler Enrollment Program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, 
Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at SABRAMS.com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. I, I am so delighted. You have no idea how delighted I am to have on the line with me Zane Kirby. Zane is the president and CEO of ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors, based in Alexandria, Virginia, which puts them in a good place to pop over to government offices to lobby on behalf of its members which in effect, people, is lobbying on behalf of you. Because everything that ASTA works on that creates positive situations for the travel industry and travel advisors has the domino effect of having a positive effect on every traveler. And so um, th this is a conversation you need to pay really close attention to. Um, how long have you been with ASTA, Zane? I've been here about seven and a half years, Stephanie. It's been quite an education and it's been uh, a really, it's been an interesting time to be at ASTA, but it's, but I've been the staff lead here for 
for seven, seven and a half years. Um, I was already in the broadcasting side of this industry when you came into Asta. That's why we've never met. That's why you know we've we've never even talked before. Um, so, you know, and prior to that, prior to the towers coming down, not only were, was I personally always a member, but my company was always a staunch supporter of all things Asta. And um, the and ACTMO, the Asta Council of Travel Marketing Organizations, was about 20 to 25 leaders in the travel industry that sat on that council and worked together for the betterment of all travel advisors, who then we call travel agents and agencies, and for the betterment of the end user, the ultimate consumer, the traveler. And I sat on that board with industry greats, uh, superstars, uh, Sue Shapiro from Giants, um, Mike Spinelli from Action 6 before it got sold to Vacation.com. Uh, I mean, the list just went on. And being in a room with that kind of intelligence, background, and energy, just bringing those people together, as you do when you do your domestic and international educational meetings and whatnot. Um, so you walk out with so much more. It is the classic example of one and one makes three. And so um, I have to think that, you know, there's also a lot of um, interfacing between your office and the executive headquarters of ASTA and leaders among your members and the general membership who really are the lifeblood of the organization. Um, I have a concern I want to address so that there's enough time for you to talk about it. I've been interviewing happily when we came over to Ireland in February, we came to do, I mean, I can, how can I go anywhere and not bring all the equipment? How can I meet interesting people, go interesting places, not share it with my audience? I mean, I can't imagine doing that. I'd be so frustrated to be in a place and say, oh, I'm so sorry, we don't have the camera, we don't have the, you know, the audio equipment, we don't have anything to, to capture for my, my fans and followers. So we came over to do this and couldn't get home, have been here ever since. My husband, the genius, figured out how to use the, all the equipment we have and be able to do telephone interviews, which we generally don't do when we travel because we sit down face-to-face -face with people. I mean, we've come to a place, we go and meet them. That's not happening this time. And I have interviewed in the last several weeks uh, people in Curacao, people in Turkey, uh, people in Ireland, people in the U.S. Each of them has something wonderful to say about their reopening, their hotels, their restaurants, their this and that, that are all rolling out, reopening, and going into great detail about the sanitation protocol so everybody can feel safe. Distancing and disinfecting and all that other jazz. The one thing I haven't gotten anybody to talk with me about, and I'm not expecting to put you on the spot to do that today, but I would love for you to address it on another occasion we'll make another appointment or maybe put me together with some people that you have easy access to that are more difficult for me to get to here being in County Antrim, Northern Ireland, are people that are ultimately responsible for the running of airports and secondarily of airlines. Because 
we can learn all about the glories of throw a dart at the globe wherever it lands there's a reason to go there it is a rare place that there's no reason to go there because if if it isn't a place that's fabulous it's between two places that are and you're going to pass through it on your way so the the situation is to tell people about the greatness of a destination from my point of view, is not sufficient because there needs to be a level of confidence that the people can go from their home through an airport into an airplane, interface with people, interface with checkpoints, be in a plane that somebody else was in, get off the plane, go through immigrations and customs if it's a foreign destination, get your luggage that a hundred different people had their hands on and deal with all of that with no worries about what kind of germy, diseasey things did I, handrails and doorknobs and even, you know, your luggage, your rental car, all of those parts are, are to me, the, the, the linchpin to connect highly motivated people who want to travel and yet want to be confident that they're going to come home the same or better than when they left home. Because I have total confidence in the hoteliers. I have total confidence in the destinations. I, I know they're out there cleaning up the act. But what's happening at the airports? And do you have any association or affiliation with any of that? Because that, I, I just see you as such an engine starter. Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, you're right. You, we need to make sure that the touch points of places where people come to most close contact or the, the, the highest density with each other, i.e. at an airport and on a, on a specific, you know, uh, checkpoint in line or actually on an airplane to make sure that those, those uh, places are going to be safe as well. And I, I'll just tell you, um, Stephanie, I, I, I was on a, a call about a week ago with Delta Airlines and, and I'm, I'm obviously pro travel, but I'll tell you, I left that call feeling very good about the steps that they were taking. You know, the, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, is, is also located in Atlanta. And, and the, the executives and the, and the folks at, in at Delta Airlines were, uh, brought the CDC in and showed them, here's what we're going to do when people check in. Here's what we're going to do when people move to the checkpoints. Here's what we're going to do as people get on the airplanes. Here's what's going to happen on the airplane itself in order to make sure that people are, are going to be safe. And it, it had to do with like electrostatic spraying. They're, they're using an EPA certified uh, a chemical that, that kills 99.9% .9 of all germs. They're going to, it's called fogging, right? They're going to fog the plane after every turn, after every flight, uh, every day. Uh, they're also, you know, the, the gate captain and the head, the head steward are going to be able to inspect the plane and they'll be able to hold the flight if, if uh, anything, if they feel like anything uh, hasn't been cleaned properly. Um, there, there's just, I think there's a, a, a number of measures. And, and while I believe that the CDC has to make sure that, that, that minimum standards are set and adhered to by these airlines, I think you're, you're going to see the airline industry really go above and beyond in terms of what they're willing to do to, to prove that they are uh, indeed uh, uh, worthy to, to be trusted with, with, people's, uh, with people's help as they travel. The other thing that, that Delta, Delta Airlines is doing is that every, every six minutes or between 20 and 30 times an hour, 
the the you know the HEPA air filters that 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 all these planes have have on them, they, they strain out 99.9% of all, of all pollutants, but uh, they're also allowing more fresh air into the cabins so that uh, every, the, the, the fresh air content in, the, in each air, air, uh, airplane cabin will turn over every six or seven minutes. So uh, again, I think that you know, we're, we're definitely in a new era, in a new, uh, t- uh, uh, there's heightened awareness as to, as to Sorry, and and or concern, and I think that that the airlines are going to see them um, um, step up to the plate and and make sure that they're doing their part to to ensure a safe travel experience for for all consumers. Well, you know, it, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon when you think about it because it is uh, incumbent upon the airlines to take excellent care of their passengers because they're their customers and if they kill them off they can leave their planes on the ground because they'll have nobody to fly so i understand you know there is you know intelligent motivation there's also economic motivation uh, but the, the 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 there's a little canyon there between what is being done and who has to know what's being done? And uh, given the five-hour time difference, and um, you know, being on the other side of the ocean without a staff next to me in an office as I would, um, we're at a little bit of a, um, I, I don't want to call it a disadvantage because I don't feel disadvantaged in any way, but there are a lot more stresses now than we have when we're home. And I'm just wondering if when we're done talking today, you wouldn't take out your little black book or your little iPhone and uh, go in and find the key person at Delta who I would love to be the CEO, but if not, somebody way up there in the food chain who would come on the air and explain to my audience because, you know, it's that perception story. You can do it all. If they don't know you've done it, it doesn't flip the switch that says... Travel, green light, go. So, you know, and we have an audience that is made up of 100% travelers. Because if you're not interested in travelers, there's no, no point in listening to my shows at all. Because all we talk about is travel. And so, you know, when we have over 11.5 million listeners between the two shows. We hit every major market that people want to be heard in uh, as it relates to travelers. And then a whole lot of other markets as well. And we're on, you know, podcast, and we're archived, and we're TV shows that goes to 30 million households and uh, to people who have Roku. So we are a wonderful source to be able to get out the word. And there are not, it's not just the airlines that are busting for the business to get their economic ledger sheets back, you know, in sync and balanced out the way they'd like to see them. It's every destination that's relying on those airlines to give the traveler the confidence to pack a bag and go to the airport. And so, um, you know, one of the things I'd like to just recommend to my listeners, um, if, you know, if you can feel confident that the airlines are doing a super job of creating a disease-free space for you to travel in. Think about not checking luggage and travel light. You know, there are two kinds of people, people who travel light and people who wish they had. 
travel light, carry it on, put it in the bin. Nobody else will handle it but you. And then you don't have to stand there in a crowd of people to wait for luggage to arrive at the other end. So that'll help reduce a lot of the, you know, congregating, not just for time, but space. And also the question of, you know, how many people had their hands in my bag and where did they have their hands before they put it on my bag? So I think those are kind of important issues. We're going to take a quick break and come right back talking with, I almost want to say Zane Gray. (laughs) It's Zane Kirby, people. Go read a Zane Gray novel while you're home. We'll be right back. This is Stephanie Passport is the key to your international adventures abroad and is the most secure travel document that proves both citizenship and identity. The State Department's official website, travel.state.gov, has comprehensive information about applying for a passport for the first time, renewing a passport, passports for minors, fees, and much more. You can apply at over 8,000 passport acceptance facilities, including post offices and clerks of court. Standard processing is currently four to six weeks, and expedited service takes two to three weeks. If you need your passport in less than two weeks, call 1-877-487-2778 to schedule an appointment at one of our regional passport agencies. Once you have your passport, sign up for our Smart Traveler enrollment program and download our Smart Traveler app on your smartphone. You will receive country-specific information, travel alerts, and warnings. Visit us at travel.state.gov today. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Traveling soon? Got questions? Email Stephanie at Stephanie at SABRAMS.com. It's Travel with Stephanie Abrams. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. 
Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my new show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at sabrams.com slash blog. That's s-a-b-r-a-m-s dot com slash blog and at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is Zane Kirby. He is the president and CEO of the American Society of Travel Advisors. And I, anybody that's listened to my radio shows over the years knows that I have often said the following. In my heart, only I phrased it out of the 1980s and 90s, in my heart I am a travel agent. Today I would say in my heart I am a travel advisor. <laughs> but... That's where my beginnings in this industry started. And I know what a real person can do for a traveler from the mundane of getting it all together, sorting it all out, finding you the best story that's going to fit your needs. But more importantly than all of that is what happens after you've bought it and you're traveling. When you run into a situation where... The room faces a brick wall and not the beach. You're going to go fight with who? Some online travel seller that you don't know a person and you think they're going to call the hotel and fix it for you, so you're going to have to sort it out yourself? When you're working with a travel advisor, what do you do, Zane? Well, that's just it, Stephanie, is is when you have, when you work with a travel advisor, you know, you have someone watching your back, and without a travel advisor, you're basically on your own. You know, what, what this pandemic has really brought this really to home and to light very, uh, sort of very for, forcefully. You know, we've collected, we went out to travel advisors over the last, you know, couple of weeks and said, hey, what have you done for clients, you know, in the in the wake of the pandemic? And oh, the stories must be hundreds, amazing. 
hundreds of stories. We, we collected them and, and, and put them all into a really quick short video on our, on our Not All Heroes Wear Capes campaign. But, you know, saving uh, cruise destination weddings and study abroad trips. There are 120 students from nine countries. Get them home tomorrow. People needed to, be, to get home to be, you know, while borders were closing and while ships were being rerouted mid-sailing. You know, those people who worked with an advisor were, were rebooked or rerouted, and they had almost zero, zero stress. The people who were on their own, who, who decided to, you know, work directly with a supplier or, or, to your point, you know, work with some of these, some of these larger electronic uh, exchanges, they, 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 uh, they, they were stressed out. And, and they used that time, whether they were on a vacation or wh whatever they were doing, they're using their free time to try to rebook, to try to, to you know, all, all the time that they had, they had spent to, in, or in anticipation of this wonderful vacation was then sort of flushed down. You know what my favorite they... thing is? You know, our flight on March 18th was canceled. And I booked another flight 30 days later thinking, well, in 30 days we'll be able to travel. So the April 17th flight was also canceled. And we're now booked on a flight in July. I don't know if it's going to go or not. You know, if you had to ask me, I would tell you it's going nowhere. But, but the bottom line is that being able to have somebody who has a computer that goes right into the computer systems of hotels, of airlines, of car rental companies in seconds. And if you've got a, a complicated itinerary in minutes, they can reroute, rebook, redo. And when you, when they know there's a problem, you know, and even not this kind of problem, just your normal problem. You're supposed to make a, co a connection in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's fogged in. And so um, the flight that you're supposed to be on has been canceled. But you're close enough to the next place that if you had a rental car, you could drive there because you've got a meeting tomorrow you've got to get to. Nobody wants to hear there was fog. And so you're still in the air and haven't landed but your agent already knows <laughs> it's socked in, in in Charlotte and has rebooked everything. So while everybody else is going to customer service and standing in a line that's as big as Oklahoma, you, find, you call your agent and say, oh, I got a problem. Well, we've already taken care of you. We've protected you with this, this, and this. Go to gate 19. And just to the right of there is the exit that takes you to where the car rental companies are. Your car is all reserved. Your keys are waiting. Uh, Go. That's a typical story. Yeah. You said you were a travel advisor at heart, and that's exactly right. You totally get it. You know, you you as a traveler, you have the peace of mind. And and when you work with an ASA travel advisor, you get an added level of protection because ASA travel advisors agree to put your needs above of those of their own business. So there's oh, that's a truth. Yeah, they agree to adhere to a code of ethics, and we police that behavior. You know, occasionally we don't, and we don't get a lot of this, but of our thousands upon thousands of travel advisors, occasionally there are disputes, and consumers will come to us and say, "One of your members didn't treat me right," and we adjudicate those disputes to the to the uh, satisfaction of the consumer, or else we take uh, action against our member. So that's how you know that working with an ASA travel advisor is a really good idea, and again, gives that level added level of protection. Can I get you to come back again? Absolutely. All right, stay with me on the line. We're going to go, people. Come back next week, and I'm going to talk with Zane off the air. And I can't wait to see you again. Go to sabrams.com, pick up the podcasts, and also all the archived everything. It's all waiting for you, people. We're flying high. <music>